All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Today is Tuesday, November 23rd. We're streaming live on Twitter YouTube, and of course, at dailyfaceoff.com. He's Mike McKenna, former NHL goaltender. Mike, happy Thanksgiving week. Got to ask you quickly, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Oh, pie. Give me all the pumpkin pie, the pecan pie in the world. My wife's going to be cranking a few of those out tomorrow. I cannot wait, man. But I like it all. I like to smoke a turkey. Uh, we go all out in the household. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. What about you? What's your favorite, Frank? Yeah, Thanksgiving is also my favorite holiday. I'm a, I'm a big stuffing guy, but I, I've had to go gluten-free the last couple of years due to an allergy, and I'm, I'm looking forward to conquering some gluten-free stuffing this week. So not that sexy, but I like the bread. I like the carbs. Give me all the carbs. That's what Thanksgiving's all about, man. Just give it to yeah. me, all of it. Not, not that I need a holiday to stuff myself, but yeah, let's move on to some hockey talk. Let's put two minutes and 30 seconds on the clock and drop the puck today, starting with the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, just two weeks ago, maybe less than that, our Bryce Salvador was on the show sounding the alarm on the Avs who were in a little bit of trouble, but have since won five in a row. Jared Bednar, their coach, gets an extension over the weekend, helping pull this team out of the darkness and quelling any conversation about a coaching change midseason, which seemed to be part of it. The discussion, what's impressed you about the Avs, Mike, and where are they heading? Well, I, the first thing off the top of my mind is Nazem Kadri. 
I mean, he's got 19 points in his last 10 games. It's unbelievable to see. He was okay last season. Felt like he, at times, got lost in the shuffle and didn't quite perform up to what you're used to for him. And he's back with a vengeance this year. Power play points are through the roof. He's got eight of them. Uh, and you combine what Nazem Kadri's doing with the rest of the depth scoring for the Colorado Avalanche. At the start of the year, it wasn't there. And I think that players like JT Comfers made a big difference. Alex Nook, Newhook comes up from the Colorado Eagles, and he's given them some energy. He's got four points in five games. But Kale McCarr. Okay, we all looked at Nathan McKinnon in the big top line, and they're doing their part right now. But Kale McCarr's got 15 points in 13 games, and he is continually driving the net. Four goal, Five goals in his last three games. Okay, I still think Kale McCarr is the MVP of that team. As good as Nathan McKinnon is, I like Kale McCarr. Uh, they're two points out of a wild card spot, Frank. I wasn't sure about the Colorado Avalanche a week or two ago. I am now. They're coming. They're going to end up in playoffs, and they're going to be a team that's going to really be something to contend with. So two questions to piggyback off of that. One, where do the Avs finish in the division? And two, have you seen enough from Nazem Kadri at this point to give him an extension, or do you need to see him in playoff form and see how he handles himself discipline-wise before giving him one? You mean if he doesn't get suspended in playoffs? Uh, <laughs> I'm, that's I think what that's everyone a legit wants to know. Isn't it? Like you need to see him in the lineup in playoffs. Um, listen, I, I think a player like Nazem Kadri drives the boat, not just on the stat sheet, but just in terms of the enthusiasm in the room and on the ice. Yeah, he crosses the line sometimes, but I think he's the type of player you need to have. You need a bit of sandpaper. Uh, you hope that he that he doesn't end up suspended uh, or taking dumb penalties, but I, I would extend him. That's my belief on it. And, and I think that there's a realistic chance that Colorado ends up sitting second or third in that Western division. I think they can catch St. Louis and Nashville. I think Winnipeg's going to jump. So I'd expect Colorado to be right in the mix. Yeah, you still love the Jets, though. The abs are rolling. Let's talk about two other teams that are, are rolling in, both in the province of Alberta. And this is a really tough question, but I'm going to throw it at you, Mike. Which team in the Battle of Alberta, Calgary or Edmonton, is the better team right now? I think it's the Edmonton Oilers. And I say that with caution because the Calgary Flames have been so good defensively. Daryl Sutter's got them playing a lockdown. They're getting goaltending. They're getting timely scoring when they need it. But I'm just not seeing the win totals pile up for the Calgary Flames in regulation. Now, they're grinding out wins, and that's important for playoffs. You build confidence within a locker room by winning those overtime games, by getting those losers' points at some point during the regular season, just knowing that you have to grind to get them. But you don't have the confidence of flat-out winning games with domination, and the Edmonton Oilers do that. I think that the Oilers are positioned to be a strong team if they get goaltending. I don't think Miko Koskinen is really the answer. I think Stuart Skinner is intriguing. We don't know what's going to happen with Mike Smith. That makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, even with Slater Cuckoo out of the lineup for a little bit, Chris Russell will slide back in. So I think Edmonton's got to tighten up defensively a little bit, but they're just so scary offensively. That power play, Frank, like, man, that strikes fear into people's hearts, man. I, I, what's your feeling on this? Are you, are you going the same route as me with the Oilers? Well, no, because... The Oilers have, sh and their star players and Connor McDavid and, and Leon Dreisaitl have lit it up before, and, and this team is deeper than they ever have been. They're in a, a better position for playoff success than they've ever been at any point in the McDavid era. But to me, they've been lighting it up for a few years, and that hasn't translated to playoff success. And what I'm seeing with the Flames and what I like is 
that the way that they're playing now and the way that they're winning games, it may not be an utter domination, as you mentioned, but this team, with the way that they've buttoned up defensively, how few goals they're allowing, it'll transition well to playoff success, I think. And that what I that's what I think separates these two teams at the moment. Not that Edmonton has been pure run and gun, but it's not just the goaltending and the shutouts that have helped the Flames. It's the chances that they've allowed, the way that they've played off the rush. All those things have been really important for the Calgary Flames. They're not trying to win games six to two. They're trying to win three to two. And I just think the way that that's worked under Daryl Sutter will have this team in a great spot when it comes to playoff time, because that's really what it's all about for Sutter. Having won cups previously is it's not, doesn't matter what happens in the regular season. It's how you play in the playoffs and not to say that the Oilers can have that success, I just like where the Flames are heading. And, and by the way, 63 goals scored. I know that they've played a couple more games than the Oilers, but it's just five less than Edmonton at this point in the season. I don't think Calgary's got enough credit for how well they've played offensively as well. Uh, it'll all be interesting to watch. You've got the Oilers and their goaltending question, as you mentioned. You've got the Flames and what happens when things begin to dry up a little bit mm -hmm. offensively. But Calgary's also played well on the road and done it against a lot of Eastern teams. So... Uh, two intriguing arguments and certainly one that we'll keep an eye on as we get to this traditional Thanksgiving poll this week that all NHL teams seem to size themselves up on. And, you know, when you transition to the, to the Carolina Hurricanes, the top team in the NHL to this point, Mike, there's not a lot that you're pointing to with that team saying, oh, yeah, there's a hole there. And got to mention Seth Jarvis. Uh the Carolina Hurricanes, of course, announcing on Monday that Seth Jarvis will be sticking with the team for the remainder of the season. No surprise if you've watched him, but when you look at this team, it's not just how well he's played, but it's where he's found a niche in the lineup and where he's slotted himself in as well. It's been really amazing to watch the progression of Seth Jarvis. Starts out playing some bit, bit minutes on the third, fourth line here and there. His role just keeps expanding. Last couple games, he's played 15-plus minutes, and he's playing top line with Aho and Tara Vinen. That says an awful lot about the respect and the belief that Rod Brindamore has in him. And Brindamore's been raving about Jarvis, saying that he's a fast learner. They throw everything at him, and he can translate it on the ice. And when you watch him play, you look at how diligent he is about his craft. Watch him, watch his routes and his gaps in the neutral zone. Watch him be decisive as he goes in on the forecheck. This guy's playing at a level of, of people you expect to have three or four years in the league. He's got deceptive speed uh, and I think when I watch Jarvis, it's really his ability to get open, finding those soft areas of the ice, pucks on and off his stick, the puck just finds him. And that's all awareness. It's really hard to teach awareness at something that Jarvis has. And that's why Brendan Moore trusts him so much in the lineup. Yeah, I just love the bunch of jerk story and what they have going. I love that they changed out a quarter of their roster and we're saying, you know what, what we've done previously, we hadn't found the success we wanted. Let's swap out both of our goalies. I mean, who does that? It's not often yeah. that you see a full sale, wholesale. Walk. <laughs> yeah, I, look, and then they replace him with a $1 million version and roll yeah. the dice, even potentially hurting their own credibility with their fan base in the market in signing an unpopular player at the time and Tony D'Angelo, who comes in and has given you a point per game production on the blue yeah, line, picking up a it. lot of those same power play minutes that a Dougie Hamilton would have chewed up. So they're fun on the ice. They're fun off the ice. A lot to like about the Hurricanes this year.
Yeah, I think they're in a spot to succeed. And Freddie Anderson's, I mean, it's amazing. We'll talk about him in a bit. That guy's not getting much love. He's putting up great numbers in net. And and I like where they are in general. I just, I watch them play. And I think this is a club that you're going to have to worry about in playoffs because they play hard, they play direct, and they're just really diligent in all three zones. Yeah, you're, you're no, no question about that. They work hard and, and certainly amplify that Rod Brindamore motto. So, um, you know, speaking of a little fun off the ice, we got to have a little fun today and talk about the New Jersey Devils and their new threads. They've been getting pummeled on social media to start <laughs> on Tuesday with their announcement. And, you know, you're a guy who love you're a gear nerd. You love the equipment. You love the jersey designs. What do you think? What do you make? How do you grade the New Jersey Devils and their first ever third jersey? <sighs> I'm glad it's got some red on it. I don't know about the lines and listen, at least they're taking a swing, man. Like it's, I don't like it straight up. Um, I really can't stand nicknames on uniforms. Okay. I played for the Tampa Bay Lightning when we had a Jersey that had bolts written on it. No, we were the Tampa Bay Lightning. We weren't the bolts. And I've seen it even with the Hurricanes. Canes. No, you're the Hurricanes. I, this is just a stickler for me. Uh, I mean, like, Frank, we've seen some third jerseys out there that have been atrocious. I think, like, Wild Wing and Anaheim, they wheeled that out for reverse retro last year. But, man, there's been I some good like and bad. Like, did, did you have any that stand out to you as being just awful that you never wanted to see again? Yeah, I mean, there's been a whole host of them. The Dallas Stars had that one, like that weird, that worked in some red with the Longhorn and whatever that was. There's been oh, a, a few abominations. And I think, unfortunately for me, this New Jersey one doesn't really hit all the marks, even in the explanation of it. I mean, you saw 21 stripes on the jersey to represent the 21 New Jersey counties. And, like, that's all great, but... Mike, you were just in Jersey a few weeks ago. You know that at least six or seven of those counties are home to Philadelphia Flyer fans. So, yeah, the Flyers you know, Probably an, an unfair representation there. Um, I do. I actually kind of like the nickname on the jersey. I'm going to go against you on that one because yeah. everyone does call it jersey. I mean, there was the joke out there today. Will their pants say pants? Will their helmet say helmet? But um, it's very NBA. It's very the town or buzz city. And I can understand with Harris Blitzer Sports Entertainment owning the, uh, the Sixers as well that maybe they want to try and play on that and make it a little bit more hip. But I don't know that it necessarily checks the boxes. And it just seems to me to look too much like the Chicago Blackhawks one mm -hmm. from the Winter Classic right here yeah. that it's not even really original. Like you didn't, it's not like you stepped off on a ledge and you're saying, hey, we're going to try something new here. Uh, I don't know. This one doesn't yeah, pass the smell test. I me. just, I wanted something that was like super devilish, like evil looking, you know, like black and red. And I'm not talking like zombies on the Jersey, but just something that was aggressive. That's what I wanted. Yeah. But well, you're, we'll uh, you're go, your goalie union card carrying member, Marty Brodeur, of course, having a say in the design process. He said he didn't want it to be too scary. So can't be yeah. super devilish. So speaking of goalies, let's get to this week's edition of The Blue Paint with Mike McKenna. All right, Mike, in this week's edition of The Blue Paint, we're going to talk about the all-important backup position, guys that have been strong contributors for their teams to start 
And as you know, you've ranked the tandems from top to bottom this year. And we'll have you redo those rankings in a couple weeks here. But the strength of a tandem is only as strong as the guy that's in net on those off nights, the back-to-back nights as well. And I want to start in Toronto. A lot of people have been curious with Peter Morazic out. Joe Wall is uh, 2-0 to start the year. You know him really well. You help train him and, and get him on the ice. What's his ceiling here? Well, I, I'm not sure what the ceiling is, but I can tell you right now that this is a kid who will work absolutely as hard as he can to be the best goaltender possible. I think Joseph Wall is going to be an NHL goaltender. I've thought that since he was 13 years old, 12 years old, when he started to skate with myself uh, and Bruce Racine, former NHL goaltender in the St. Louis area. You can see him here at 16 years of age. Watch this guy skate. Like, this was unheard of at that age group, the way he commanded RVH and post integrations and movements. You know, he's 2-0 in his career. His first game went okay. Okay, so that was four goals against Buffalo, but he gets the win. Next game, he goes out, shut out. 20 saves against the Islanders. And it's just really good to see. It's a kid who's got a great work ethic, and I think he'll do everything possible to make himself into an NHL goaltender. It might take a little bit more. It's his third year pro. Uh, it took him a bit to get used to the pro game, but I like Joseph Wool long term. Interesting. Another undefeated goaltender this season so far, Dan Vladar. He's 4 0. What are we looking at uh, in terms of the success that he's had for the Calgary Flames? A couple of those are shutouts. Uh, where is he heading? What, what's Has he been a value play for one of the best value plays this year for the Calgary Flames? Yeah, it's 750 cap hit. I mean, I think people around the league are looking at Vladar and going, wow, like we were sleeping on this guy. I mean, this summer, Calgary was out shopping for UFA goaltenders, struck out on a few of them. They went, okay, we got to go to the drawing board here. They send a third round pick to the Boston Bruins and they get Dan Vladar in return. And, and what's interesting is that Jeremy Swayman had essentially leapfrogged Vladar. And so Boston was willing to let him go. Now, third round picks, nothing to laugh at, but like you're seeing the benefits of this trade coming through now. You have to have secondary goaltending. Vladar's 4-0, two straight shutouts. He stopped 55 shots in a row for the Flames. And I just like how much of a compliment he is to Jacob Markstrom. He's really easy to work with. He soaks things up. He's a sponge. He's got a great work ethic. And you watch Markstrom even on social media, giving love to Vladar, and it's vice versa. And you can tell that this is a package that works. You have two goalies similar in size, similar in how they play, and Vladar's reaping the benefits of it. I mean, he's he's going to need a new contract in a year and a half, and I think he's going to be looking for a pretty big raise. Yeah, well, until then, you enjoy that cap hit where it is at 750, and you're in no rush to sign him to an extension. So we can't talk about the Flames, apparently, this show without also talking about the Edmonton Oilers. want to ask about their homegrown product in Stuart Skinner. Uh, that's been one of the big things. Uh, if you look back to Stanley Cup winners, they've had a homegrown goalie in the pipes. The last team that, uh, that didn't have a homegrown goalie in net was the Boston Bruins with Tim Thomas. So can Stuart Skinner be that guy? Where is he trending? It's a small sample size. Okay, he's played four games, but he's won his last two. He's faced a lot of shots, a lot of rubber. Okay, Edmonton's been a little bit loose in front of him. You'd like to see him tighten up, but he's looked really confident. He had a huge game uh, last Thursday against Winnipeg. He went 46 for 47 and rolled that into his past start against Chicago, backed that up with yet another win, going 31 for 33. What I think is really cool is Stuart Skinner's an Edmonton native. He grew up watching Rollison and Deloria. He had a great soundbite postgame the other day talking about them. Uh, you can just tell he's got that inner fire and desire to play for the hometown team. Talked to a teammate of his in Bakersfield, Adam Cracknell, uh, and Cracknell's played for 
like kind of like me. Okay. Cracks has played for every team under the sun. And he says that this Skinner kid has one of the best work ethics he's ever seen. He's dedicated and he wishes he could grow a mustache like him. I mean, Skinner, Skinner's mustache, he looks like Daniel Plainview and there will be blood. You've got to admire it, but you like his demeanor smile on his face. He's played good hockey. I think there's a chance he takes the net and runs with it, but we need a bigger sample size for Skinner. See, where else can you get this kind of analysis, this level of analysis? We're talking mustache level of analysis. That's what makes the blue paint so great. Great job, Mike. This is another edition of the blue paint. And we'll talk to you on more goalie stuff, in-depth goalie stuff with another edition next week. actually lied we're going to talk more about goalies in our daily face-off inbox question of the day that was a bad blunder on my part but you know it's early still in the season five six weeks in maybe not too early to start thinking about the Vezina trophy this year mike when you take a look at the odds from points bet who grabs your attention in terms of what making a play for the Vezina trophy yeah, I think you got to look towards Markstrom. He looks good to me, um, sitting at plus eleven hundred there, and, and Bobrovsky's at plus a thousand. But uh, I don't see Vasilevsky winning the the Vezina this year. I would not take that play at all. And Campbell, I I don't know why he's got great numbers. He's not getting a lot of respect around the league. It seems like for his play. I'm not sure he's going to have the clout to win the Vezina. I think that Markstrom and Bobrovsky are the two that I would look to that. But I don't even see Freddie Anderson on the list. That guy's 11-2 and two right now. He's got a 937 save percentage. Yeah. His goal save above expected. His advanced metrics are all where they should be. And that's the same for Markstrom. That's the same for, for Bobrovsky, for Campbell, uh, for, for Shishurkin. So really, that whole list are guys that can win. But I like Markstrom at 11. And I think Campbell, I'm not sure where he'll be. But uh, it's interesting to see because there's going to be movement. I'd expect Florida and Bobrovsky to to kind of come back down a little bit, but Bobrovsky has been so good and he's already won two Vezinas and that yep. always factors in. He's got a little bit of clout that, that works in his favor. Yeah. I was just going to say, having won the Vezina previously, uh, look, that's going to, that's going to be big for Bobrovsky just in terms of confidence as well. He, yep. he belongs, he thinks he belongs in that conversation. And I see his numbers maybe regressing a little bit, but not a whole lot because that Florida Panthers team in front of him will support him really well as well. So that was a look at the Vezina odds. Let's take a look at tonight's odds on our daily face-off best bets of the day with Tyler Uremchuk. First off, I love the third jersey talk. So I decided to throw out my two current favorite third jerseys in uh, in the league right now. I love that one uh, from Columbus. But anyways, let's dig into things tonight. It's been a very heavy Battle of Alberta show. And I'm going to keep that trend going here by starting with the Flames matchup against the Chicago Blackhawks. The Flames are returning home after a two-week road trip. They played seven games. They've had a couple, or they've had a day off now. Markstrom's had a couple of days off, so he's rested and ready to go. If he does get the start tonight, I'm taking the Flames to win this game in regulation at minus 136. I mean, Chicago hasn't been great offensively. They're 30th in goals for per game, and they've only had 20-plus shots at five-on-five five once in their last four. So if it is Markstrom between the pipes, I think... He and the Flames' strong defensive system can shut down the Hawks pretty easily and win the game in regulation. And for my second play, I'm actually going with a player prop in the Edmonton-Dallas game. Zach Hyman only has points in two of his last five games, and that's caused his price to drop a little bit. He's been up around minus 160, minus 170 at some points, down to minus 140. 
I like this play because A, he's still riding shotgun with Connor McDavid on that top line in Edmonton. And anytime you're going to be on the ice with number 97 for as much as Hyman is, you have a chance to get on the score sheet. And also, Edmonton's power play still humming along, still best in the league. Dallas, though, they have the 27th or they're 27th in penalty kill percentage, and they're all, they're also fourth in time shorthanded per game. So they take a lot of penalties. Edmonton's power play could get some chances, and I like Hyman to be involved in the action, both with the man advantage and at even strength. So my second bet of the day, Hyman over half a point at minus 140, and that's what I'm going with tonight. Went two and one last night, so hopefully I can keep the ball rolling here. Yeah, I love the player prop. If you're a better, go to dailyfaceoff.com. We'll have. Tyler's pick, which you heard the game pick. We have a pick from our model, uh, which is developed by some incredible technology. And then we've got a player prop as well every day that Tyler will be picking. So lots of info on dailyfaceoff.com. And congratulations, Tyler. I think you're the only person in Canada that owns a Columbus Blue Jackets jersey. So well done there. So I own like four, that, actually. <laughs> well, yeah, then you're definitely a unicorn in Alberta and Canada. So congrats there. Alone. Uh, great job, Tyler. And that brings us to our garbage time segment. And there's been lots of garbage we've seen in the reporting world from the Omaha Lancers and the USHL in the last week. Our Chris Peters has been all over it on dailyfaceoff.com. Mike, what's captured your attention? Yeah, great work from Chris, uh, Daily Faceoff, especially with the Lancer situation. And the, my, my garbage time kind of piggybacks off of it. I think it's garbage that parents own junior teams, straight up. I don't think that should be allowed. I, I mean, when you talk about conflict of interest, when you talk about the ability for things to go sideways, for there to be preferential treatment, for there to be a bad workplace, bad culture, when you have people owning teams that kids are playing for, Okay, like the Omaha Lancers owner bought the team three or four years in advance of his kid playing a season there. All right. It's happened in other teams. I've seen it in the USHL. It's happened in different leagues. Every time it just reeks of something going wrong and it leaves you distaste in your mouth. And there's so many junior teams now across all of North America. And to say essentially parents buying a spot for their kid. That's just wrong, man. Like, I think that the moment your kid ends up in a spot to make a junior team or makes a junior team, I know you can't force a sale, but I can't square the thought of people owning the same club their kid plays for. I just can't do it. And I don't know how we're going to fix that problem. I don't know if you have to tell people to sell a team. I don't even know if you can do that. I just don't like it. I really, really don't like it. I think hockey should be a merit-based sport. And I don't think that anytime you have parents involved, it goes the right way. So that's my yeah. belief on it. I don't know how it's going to change. I can't see it changing in today's world. I just don't like it. I don't like parents owning junior teams that their kids play for. It almost always seems to go sour. And I think when you look at it, there's probably a really easy solution. I think it's great that parents want to get involved and uh, and help you know potentially prop up, especially if you have the means to make a situation for a team or an organization better. And that's all well and good. If your son or daughter earns the right to get to that level, well, then they just should have to play for another team in that mm -hmm. league and be barred from playing for your own. So I think that's a pretty simple fix or solution. But I like then it. again, nepotism has been a pretty big problem across hockey uh, for years now in terms of uh, fathers hiring sons, things like that. It's a constant battle that I think hockey is still waging. Mike, uh, well said by you. And that is all the time that we have for today's daily face-off show. 
Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the NHL. Mike, have a great Thanksgiving. We'll be back with tomorrow's show. And Steve Greeley, one last one before U.S. Thanksgiving here on Thursday. We'll catch you tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern, dailyfaceoff.com. Talk to you then. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com code SUMMER. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, 
you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.